0: By the power of Castle, Hate School, I am hat la, Mark Harley. He, 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 he. Ah, dude, doing it to you. Can we talk about something for a second? Can we talk about how I went to 24-hour fitness last night and turns out they're not actually open 24 hours, right? God, I was in such a bad mood. I was in such a bad mood that I wanted to get up and work out for the second time in a single day, which sometimes I do. Lately, I've been going in the morning, for a lift and a sauna and then I'll lift with Brendan and I didn't get a chance to do that before I did deadlifts with Brendan. I feel like I didn't get enough cardio, didn't get enough sauna in because it's been this very relaxing, detoxifying, de-stressing. I don't believe in the word detoxifying. Get all the toxins out. What toxins? Name one toxin. I'll always remember this conversation that Adam Carolla had with Dr. Drew on Loveline where doc, uh, Adam Carolla claimed that Pooping, the act of pooping, removes the toxins from your body. And Dr. Drew said, "Name a single toxin that pooping removes from your body." Turns out he couldn't name one because that's not how toxins work. Right? They're not being removed uh, uh, from your body via your poop because then they would reabsorb back into your intestine on the way out. Right? Can we agree on that? So, the sauna just makes you feel there's lots of benefits. The sauna has exercise mimicking effects, it dilates your blood vessels, it reduces stress, it preps your entire body to feel more pleasure because after a while you release something called, I believe it's called dynorphins, don't quote me on that, but it's like the dark matter version of endorphins, right? The, uh, what was Wario? Wario, It's like the bizarro world, you know? Right, is that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Wario. Wario,
0: yeah. Wario's evil, Mario's good, Wario's evil, endorphins are good, Dynorphins are bad, but when you sit in the sauna and they get released, turns out it preps your endorphin receptors to receive the endorphins and feel better as you release endorphins throughout the day. You're resensitized to them. So anyway, I had a few moments where, you know, you ever check in with yourself and you're like, damn, I'm in a bad mood. Um, on the... Uh, <laughs> I'm going, oh, (laughs) it was three things in a row. I'm trying to collect my thoughts. And what were the moments where I'm like, oh, damn, I have no patience tonight for these kind of interactions. And maybe it was because it was close to 10 p.m. And do you lose patience throughout the day? I assume so for various things. But the first thing was as I'm walking, oh, I'm walking over to get a bottle of water before I go into the sauna. And it's like 9.49. You know, I'm like, oh, I have 10 minutes to use the sauna and get out because apparently... 24-hour fitness closes at 10 p.m. So that was really the first thing is that I'm on the Stairmaster after doing a weight workout, um, did some shoulders, did some arms, and I'm on the Stairmaster and I see a guy like walking through the gym with a whiteboard sign, you know, and I couldn't see what was written by it, but he works there and he's doing this. So you have to assume, oh, he's telling everybody the gym is closing, right? The 24-hour fitness is closing at 10 p.m. <laughs> um, so that was the first thing where I'm like, God, like, why are you paying for a 24-hour fitness membership if it closes at 10 p.m.? I get it. There's all sorts of considerations for that. You shouldn't take it out on the people who work there. However, I can have the thought that this is stupid, right? And I should, be, you know, be paying whatever the percentage of the monthly membership that I paid for a 24-hour gym. If you're taking six hours off of that, give me that proportional discount. Okay, I'm not going to take it up with them. I'm going to take it up with upper management. Perhaps the CEO, depending on if I can get to him or not. I do have a lot of connections in this fitness industry. I'm kind of a big deal. But I opted to keep it to myself. But then I go to go buy some water. I haven't had water. I'm noticing how thirsty I am. I'm not going to sit in the sauna for 10 minutes without any water. So I go to the front desk to get some water. And I go, go, I'm like reaching in the refrigerator to pull out the biggest bottle of water I can find. And he's like, oh, actually the register is closed already. And it's one of those things where, you know, maybe normally at 6 a.m. I go, that's oh, okay. No problem. It's not your fault. Me being rude is me just saying nothing and turning back around, like not acknowledging the thing, you know. It's like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, and then I just walk away without making eye contact. Eh, is that rude? A little bit, but frustrating because it's like, hey, the thing's open, you know, the register's closed. Maybe keep it open until the whole store, the whole Business is closed because why can't I buy stuff on the way out or 10 minutes or 15 minutes before the gym closes? Doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like you're probably just making some shortcuts for, oh, we want to get out early. So we're going to start shutting down. Oh, yeah, the bench isn't open because, oh, yeah, you can't use weights anymore because we're putting all the weights back and we want to get out here on, at 10 p.m. So at 9 p.m. actually, you, you, you have to start, uh, you know, only doing cardio because everything's cut off so then i go into the sauna right that's multiple offenses in a row we have and a guy goes i walk in and he's in the hot tub the way it's set up it's like a sauna um you can everybody can walk in it's not in the men's or women's locker room they both feed out into this one uh, glorious area where there's a sauna there's the steam room and there's a hot tub that's elevated but like you know Hot tubs make noise. Everything around here makes noise. So all I hear is like someone looking in my direction going like, I'm like, what? And he's like, have you ever thought about acting? And I was like, I can't have this conversation right now. I'm sorry. Um, or I said, yes. And he started to say something. I was like, yes, I have thought about acting. Or I said, you know, yes, I am an actor. And he starts going like, oh, ha- what?" And like I'm like, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't have this conversation. I just walked away. <laughs> have you ever had that kind of like? Where it's like I like normally, you know, catch me at seven thirty a.m. I'm I'm full of uh, life energy. We can have that conversation about me being an actor, but not. And also, you're in a time crunch. But you know, these are things that I almost feel like a dick about. Have you ever had that conversation where you're just like, I can't do this right now?
1: Um, not specifically that. I mean, I don't think I'm. I don't have as. Uh, much of a look
0: as you do we'll we'll say you not getting stopped and going yeah yeah, like, yeah I'm just you a, should be the day's yeah, yeah i'm just a little guy I, we, we don't really get somebody you like have you ever thought about being the internet's most handsome podcast producer yeah no. Like, oh my god i just can't I get that right all the time. now yeah so annoying what a diva i sound like huh kinda and then and then the final thing was i know i'm just expressing this out to you because it's like you know, these are not normal reactions for me, and it's okay to so acknowledge So what's going that- on? Are you all I'm right, here.
1: Mark? What's going on, buddy? Let's
0: talk. It's just know, me and uh, you here. Um, I, you know, I'm fine unpacking that, but also it's just like, I do, you know, I think of myself as being frustrated by a lot of, like, sometimes I'll express frustration to people or, like, express that in sarcasm. They're like, oh, my God, you're being." I'm like, oh, no, 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 this is, like, I hold back 99% of that, you know. Like, I could be a lot meaner. I could be mean if I wanted to. Uh, you know, <laughs> I hate saying stuff like that. But, you know, it's like when you give somebody a little hint and they're like, oh my God, you know, especially when it's somebody who's like, wait, you don't value that. You're mean to me all the time or you're sarcastic or you, you know, you seemingly do that. But then you can't take a, you know, just that little bit of your own medicine. But then the final thing that capped it off was I'm coming out of the sauna at 10 and putting my like shirt back on. And the, the same guy at the front desk was like, oh, the register's closed. I'm like, cool. You know, uh, he's now in the sauna and he's like, you ready to go, man? And I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> as, you're, as I'm walking away, I'm like, I wish I would have said, no, I'm just putting my clothes back on after the sauna so I can go back inside, which would have been, you know, that borders on dickishness, but I totally would have justified it in that moment. Um, so this is why I talk crap, by the way, to people on the Internet, because if you think of a line and then don't say it you're more likely or I'm more likely to be haunted by the fact, oh, I should have said that, right? So it's like I get it out of my system, and it's easier for me to deal with the guilt of possibly being perceived as a jerk than it is for me to deal uh, with the regret of not having said that jerkish thing. All right, can we get on to some more positive things, such as, for example, the fact that I was in a pose down with Luke Rockhold and how grateful I am just for the fact that I have giant muscles. No, you know, you want to talk about being ripped. Luke Rockhold, probably 7% body fat. People ask about this. Like, oh, what body fat percentage? you? Look at this. You can see all of his muscles. You can see all of his veins. And I'm simply not that lean. Not that I look bad, but, you know, this is a guy who's doing a ton of cardio. His diet's on point. He's watching everything. And you can just see it. He has very, very little visible body fat and all these sort of things. Like, look at the back of his shoulders, right, in that pose. Look at me, I look puffy and watery, and that's okay. I'm not mad at my own physique, but these are the substantive differences that you see where you can see like striations in your shoulder. You can see uh, more vascularity. You can see like when he bends over like that and you see the little wrinkle in his abdominal, like skin, you know, below. That's because there's no fat there, right? If you're just puffy in that area, it's not going to wrinkle in the same way. But, you know, for those people who ask, well, what are you like 8%? No, that's 8%, that's 7% body fat. You know, another, and it's really cool, just let me give praise for a second to Thick Boy Studios and Brendan Shop and these events where I can meet guys like Luke Rockhold, some of these fighters. It's a really cool thing to meet them in a casual environment and then have them be like, oh yeah, I've seen you on whatever, on Brendan's Instagram or whatever. Like, you know, that'll never stop being cool to me that you watch somebody fight, you know somebody's a celebrity, and then they say, oh, you know, I recognize you from this. Like, I was hanging out with... Michael Chandler today on The Food Truck Diary is going to be an amazing episode because he's just also, like some other fighters that I've met, like Alexander Volkanovsky, these guys are really thoughtful. He's really intelligent, really thoughtful, really charismatic, and really well-spoken. Somebody who definitely has a a bright, bright future in broadcasting if he wants to do that, but as a guest, he's just super entertaining, and him and Brendan uh, have great chemistry and You know, we did a little funny little gimmick that I'm not going to spoil, but you get to, you know, then play with them during the episode and, and have them do things that are out of the ordinary that make for really great content. So I come up and talk to him and he's like, oh yeah, you have your own podcast too, don't you? And I'm like, oh my God. Michael Chandler's a huge hitter. will say, man, it's crazy. <laughs> it's true, though. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, but I am saying it's cool to be recognized by a guy who, you know, I look up to him. He's an incredible athlete. He's somebody who I watch on TV. He's an absolute savage and a very intelligent guy. And I think lives his life with I- integrity and uh, adopts kids because he's a good person, okay? And... That's just a really cool example to set for the entire world. You know what I mean? If everybody acted like Michael Chandler, uh, you know, the world would be a better place and a far more violent place because he's a professional fighter. So if everybody was sparring and getting into fights all the time, sure, it would be more violent, but there would be less black children who didn't have families, okay? So let's just end it there. Another thing that happened to me really recently that I thought was cool is, you know, sometimes look... I'm always talking about the dudes that I admire and run into, but sometimes you run into girls like Lean Beef Patty. Isn't she cute? Isn't she buff? Isn't she amazing? Now, this is somebody who, like, there's a difference between for me just being like, oh, I follow this girl on Instagram and she's hot and therefore I like her. She just seems like she has a great personality. She seems another person who seems thoughtful, intelligent. She's got this amazing, like, you know, sort of, beautiful nerdy girl next door look going on, but also she makes these really funny, look, look, (laughs) could you click on that one with the mask on? Like, I also just think her content is really creative in simple ways, like she's making this stuff in a room, watching movies together, and that turns into watching anime together. Oh, this isn't the one I was thinking of per se, but (laughs) I, (laughs) let's get click on any random video that you see. There we go, oh, this is her transformation, yes. So, again, nothing wrong with her in these first few pics, but then we see how jacked she is now. She has super prominent abs. She has amazing muscular development, and I just think it all still looks very feminine. You know, not that she needs my approval of whether she looks feminine enough or not, but it's a great example of this thing that women are always afraid of, like, I'm going to get too buff and bulky and, you know, not look at this girl. This girl has very large developed muscles, really prominent abdominals, and she still looks very feminine and attractive in my opinion. And I just think she's a great ambassador for the fitness industry. Anything I watch from her that involves like form, um, you know, or stretching or anything like that, I'm like, oh, she does stuff that I can watch and learn from because she gives great tutorials and I think she's sending a great message to the people who are following her. And she does have a very big following. So shout out to Lean Beef Patty. She said she'd come on the show. I hope we make that happen because I would just love to hear more about her as an individual, as a person, as a human being. There we go. She's got swag. Like what, you know, there's, oh, there we go. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> that sped up little dance at the end. It's as simple as creative. Speaking of other people who I look up to in the fitness industry, recently had a chance to work out with Michael Hearn. Michael Hearn is a, legend in the fitness community he's a former uh, uh mr universe he's a power lifter he's a, a, a judoka A judoka i don't know what the male term is i only know it via ronda rousey people say she's a judoka is there a male term that i don't know who knows who cares he does judo he does sports he grew up playing football and meeting him in person i guess what comes across because i've recently started watching let's say in the last two or three years i would consumed more of his content and everybody knows michael hearn even if you don't know the name you know him from fitness magazines if you're around my age or whatever but he's like literally the most photographed like fitness model of walt he's been on the most covers of say muscle and fitness or flex magazine you couldn't like turn around in a gnc in the 90s without seeing michael hearn it was like he w- it's almost like he was like a composite of every fitness model ever uh, born was like, here we go with this guy with the perfect physique and the perfect face for fitness modeling is here, and you know he almost doesn't look real. Now I know there's a lot of controversy around whether or not he takes creatine, but he told me in person that he has never taken creatine and never would. Therefore, um, I believe him. You know, you got to take him at face value. I think he's a non-creatine user, and. We'll just have to leave it at that. Is Is, he the dude from that football movie? The program? No, he's not Latimer. Although they kind of like, they're roughly the same size. He's a big dude. He's also like, I think he's either approaching 50 or in his 50s. And can the most impressive, oh, look at that. Could you click on that behind the neck press with three wheels? Like just his strength is insanely impressive. I've seen videos of him repping 455 on incline, super controlled. Right, and again, anybody this age, like let's—I don't know how old Ronnie Coleman is, but like, you see guys who train really hardcore throughout their lives, and eventually, if you're not using great form or you don't take care of injuries, um, it's going to catch up with you. Oh, there's a video of him. Let's take out that one, the American Gladiator one. Do you see where he's pressing the guy up against there? I also grew up on Mike watching American Gladiator. Oh, so that's why I recognize. Yes, that. right. And so you can kind of see, we got, it. he told me a little bit of stories about some of these guys on there. I'm not going to name any names, but he would talk about how like, yeah, these, some of these guys or girls like looked really good, but they weren't necessarily athletes. So you dominate them in these, you know, there were like, there was this performance aspect to it. So if you've actually played football before, you know, or know how to do martial arts, it's a huge advantage. So, um, but in person, Mike, I just found to have a fantastic sense of humor and he's like a guy's guy. You know what I mean? He's like giving everybody crap and um just reminds me you know of a guy i might have played football with or a football coach or something like that and i think we need more guys like michael And also uh, i'm gonna have you watch this video in a second but i was just gonna say that the instruction that he can give you like the notes that he can give you it's really tremendous. like i feel I, I lifted with him twice with uh it, you know having been invited by my buddy griffin who started working out with him griffin gaines chiropractor um he said oh yeah you should come work out with us so i joined their crew we filmed some content and the nuanced specificity of the notes he was able to give me on basic movements that you take for granted like a lateral raise you know or a hyper extension you know uh, on a shoulder press these very simple movements that you're like oh i know how to do this and of course i'm also somebody who's like i'm always trying to learn right i i Have some degree of mastery, but you can always learn. Mike is a real expert in the field of bodybuilding. He's not just somebody who has a really nice physique, which you can achieve a really nice physique without being also an amazing coach. But Mike's somebody who has both because he can take his knowledge and he can transfer it to anybody. He can show you the little tweak, the little thing, he can communicate it to the individual, which I think is a really important skill. So I felt like I level just a couple training sessions with him, and I hope I do more, but he'll level you up, right? And uh, really just a phenomenal coach on top of all those things I said earlier. Let's check out this video because it's inspirational at the end of the day. Dude. Yeah. There's me doing front raises in the shadows, dramatic music. This dude's gigantic, and I feel you pro. There he is modeling this for me, you know, I'm doing like a. Basically a shrug right there. I'm seated with a couple dumbbells with my back bent over. This is another thing where it's like, oh, I know how to shrug. And then he showed me a whole new way that really targets my traps. And I've never done before. And it's harder than it looks. And it's something that I take. And I'm going to keep using in my real life. Okay? So enough of me blowing Michael Hearn. Let's get on <laughs> the Liver King meme of the week, huh? Yeah. Mark, do you use Kratom? <laughs> you know, Casey, earlier we were talking about... Um, the things that I take before the podcast to really get my brain fully activated. And I said, I'm gonna keep it a secret and then tell you on air. Well, secret's gonna get revealed right now. It's Happy hippocratum And I get that Happy hippocratum from happyhippoherbals.com. And when I buy it, I use promo code THICKBOY with three C's because it gives me a 20% discount off my purchase, not just that one time, yes. But can I use that promo oh, code? Oh, the thing is, you can use it, your friends can use it, your mom can use it if she's into Kratom, Why not? Why not put that stocking stuffer that stocking stuffer under her tree this Christmas? Yes. But Mark, can the fans use it? Oh funny you should ask. The fans can absolutely use that. Literally anybody who has a computer and a mouth can use <laughs> their fingers to type <laughs> promo code ThickBoy into happyhippoerberals.com. Yes.
1: But that, we could only use that one time, it's right? It's funny
0: you should ask that, but you would assume that. Sometimes you do have these one-time promo deals. But in this case, you can use it for eternity. <gasps> hey, cute top, Mark. You know, it's funny that you should mention my cute top, Casey, because it actually is from Oak and Stone. Now, I know you've seen the ads on my Instagram page. You see the clothes when I wear them on this podcast, on The Fighter and the Kid, in my real life. And you might be thinking to yourself, Mark... Do you just have a pump right now or is it the shirt or what? It just seems like whatever size I'm at, this Oakenstone shirt hugs those pythons perfectly. And I know what you're thinking too, Mark. It's the summer. How can I get a shirt that looks like it's made of wool? That must be super hot. Well, it's not. And I also don't have to have slacks to pair these with, okay? You don't need to be some uh, a wealthy uh, men's fashion advocate, right? Because that's the thing, men's fashion advocate. You just have to be somebody who has, I don't know, thick boy athletic pants on, right? Look look at these, it's just gray pants, okay? I wear them with athletic shorts, athletic pants. I paired them with all sorts of things because they just seem to go with whatever. And because they're built with the athlete in mind, well, guess what? Athletic pants and athletic shorts seem to pair very well with them. So if you're an athlete, if you look like an athlete, if you want to look like an athlete, if you have a boyfriend or husband, who fancies himself an athlete or prospective athlete, go to oakandstoneclothing.com and use promo code HELLA for 10% off at checkout and say what's up to Ricardo. He's my boy. (laughs) So the caption here is uh, intern. Mr. Johnson, I have a great idea for a video. Hear me out. You know those fake balls the guys uh, with small penises put on their huge trucks? Well, and then the video is Liver King sitting at a tire, at a giant tire as he pulls the truck to himself and the truck doesn't have truck nuts, the truck has actual nuts. He takes them off and he eats them. The Liver King once again is eating nuts. Uh, I'd love to see the behind the scenes, I'd love to see him be like, yep, you know, this is, because I eat stuff of course that doesn't taste great sometimes, you don't always feel in the mood to eat chicken and rice and other foods that are healthy but you choke it down. Eating raw testicles takes that whole idea to another level, right, because you psychologically have to get over it, in addition to the fact that you're eating raw meat that I have to assume tastes disgusting. But that's why we love the liver king. Long live the liver king, you might say. A lot of people have been asking me. Okay, so a few people have actually been asking me because I know I say that in jest, but sometimes people do actually ask me things enough to the point where it warrants a general response. How do I lose fat, right? I saw a really interesting video and this is a great channel by the way. Um, In addition to checking out Mike O'Hearn's YouTube page, which I think if you're into bodybuilding, and learning some tricks about how to build muscle in a bodybuilding context, the best ways to attack a target muscle group, go check out Michael Hearn's YouTube page. You're definitely going to learn something. If you're interested in the science and chemistry and um, nuts and bolts of like bodybuilding prep, you know, if you're trying to like do a show or learn about cycles or, uh, uh, you know, learn some... Some nuts and bolts tricks like carb cycling and how to cut and like there's this great YouTube channel that I've discovered that kind of is in the vein of these guys that I really like like Vigorous Steve and Leon Longevity and Derek More Plates More Dates. Um, this is a guy whose, his, his delivery might be a little bit drier but he's guy in his, I believe he's in his 40s and he's a master's bodybuilder. Uh, He's a competitive bodybuilder. He's giant. He's ripped. And, you know, one of these bodybuilding nerds, guys, but he'll break down insulin for you. He'll break down his experiences with Nandrolone or these, you know, how to plan out, for example, an entire year of cycling, like down to the week and down to the compound, which is very, very useful for people because this is something that I always tell people. They'll come to me like, I want to run, you know, eight weeks of this SARM. And I'm like... Tell me why, because you're going to go exactly back to the same place from which you started at the end of those eight weeks. I don't see the purpose of doing these little things unless you're fully aware of the fact that it's not going to be a jump start to something greater. It's much more likely uh, going to be something that ultimately leaves you in a much worse off position down the road. And I'm not talking about immediately after you stop, I'm talking about like a year from now, you would have just benefited from training naturally, right? So if you're going to take that plunge, I'll preach over and over and over again. You want to have at least a year-long plan. So this guy breaks it down to like the training blocks, you know, like starting off with 250 tests for four weeks and pushing it hard, you know, and then taking a week deload and then upping it to, you know, 400 and then pushing it for this many weeks. And that's in your bulk, you know. So he's giving you a really specific, applicable, practical template. Another video that I watched that brings me to this topic is all the ways that you can lose fat right um so he goes through all the things that you can take you know for example like testosterone it's not going to help you lose fat in and of itself but it's going to create an environment in which you're more anabolic and you're more likely to lose fat right and not store fat he goes through you know how growth hormone does that how you can use insulin to that how can you use Uh, carb cycling in the food that you eat in order to deplete yourself and uh, get to, you know, use up, deplete yourself of glycogen to the point that you're using fat as a fuel source, right? He goes through, um, you know, appetite suppressants because there's only a few, you know, you could only, there's only a a finite number of pathways by which you can lose fat. Uh, Some of those include, uh, you know, uh, GW, um, A.K.A. carterine, GW in a series of numbers like 50851 or whatever. Um, and that is something that it's a non-stimulant fat burner. It causes uh, an increase in lipolysis or a burning of the fat, an increase in fat metabolism. Um, S9009 is another one of those non-stimulant fat burners. If you're looking at stimulant fat burners, right, it's clenbuterol or T3, which is a thyroid hormone, um, you know, but all those basically act on you to um, increase your body temperature. So even if you're taking, you know, something says like it's a fat burner or it's a green tea pill or something that makes you feel warmer, you're just increasing your metabolism, right? Just like you you feel warmer when you're doing cardio, right? Um, you can also suppress your appetite using things like nicotine gum, Um There's also a new research, there's a chemical out now that's prescribed to clinically obese people. I believe it's called uh, semaglutide. I'll have to look it up in a second, but um, you know, this is something that, it's an injection that you can take to suppress your appetite because most people struggle with that. It's like I'm hungry all the time. Uh, Paul talks about the two different hormones that control hunger, um, leptin and ghrelin. Ghrelin is something that makes you hungry you might be taking a growth hormone agonist uh, such as MK667 and that is allegedly something that increases ghrelin. So even though you might be taking it to lose fat because it releases growth hormone, you end up inadvertently increasing your own appetite and eating yourself out of this. Um, But also obese people, this is something I learned from the video, if you're chronically obese, Those hormones are likely to be very off, and you can be desensitized to the hormone leptin, which is what gives you that feeling of satiation. You know, the feeling that you're full. If you're morbidly obese and chronically so, you're probably just never feeling full, and that could be a completely hormonal thing. Um, You know, but if you're blaming your thyroid or whatever, it's, you know, in in most of these cases, it's like you're eating too much. So we talked about the example before of the woman who's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm only eating 1,200 calories a day. And then on the, you know, that one day I eat whatever I want. Well, if you're eating 20,000 calories, it doesn't matter what you eat the rest of the week because all these things and all these roads, they are ways to lose weight. But ultimately, you can't break the laws of thermodynamics. You have to expend more energy, more caloric energy. Then you take in otherwise you don't lose any weight and any of those examples that I used you can use nicotine gum to suppress your appetite but if you still eat yourself into a caloric surplus it doesn't matter you can't lose fat so all these things are tools in your toolkit to lead you to being in a caloric deficit but there's no magic thing and that's what people always seem to want to know is what's the thing what can I take to lose fat. You can take anything as long as it leads to you eating less food uh, than you need throughout the day to burn to keep your body going, right? Because then you're going to use your body's own fuel sources, and that's the only way to lose fat ultimately. So you can know how to manipulate that and learn all these different ways to do it, but it doesn't matter if you're eating 10,000 calories a day, okay? So maybe put the fork down, fatty. Jesus Christ. Speaking of eating. My Hella Chef Harley for the week is Trifecta Meals. Now, I'm not plugging them, but I did do a sketch with Noel Leva, and she gave me some Trifecta Meals because the ad was for Trifecta. She threw some my way and I just thought about how, goddamn, daddy, it is so easy to throw one of these meals in the microwave and not think about it. And And the reason that we do meal prep and stuff like that is because you just don't want to be thinking about it. You don't want to catch yourself either not eating because you don't have something available because then if you put that meal off too long, you're going to be more likely to go, oh, well, McDonald's is right here. I feel like I'm in an emergency and I want to eat right now. And yes, I got McDonald's the other day, but once I stop eating McDonald's, it's over for you host. And I stand by that statement. Bubble guts. Bubble guts. Bubble guts Mickey over here is what they used to call me. Two days ago. <laughs> and <laughs> the, you know, having a meal, if you can't afford meal prep, I'm sorry, be less broke. But if you can, do it. If you can afford the chicken pound, if you can afford some way to give yourself protein. I mean, last night I made like four pounds of ground turkey in a giant pan just to have it on hand because that's always the limiting factor is like, you know, you're sitting down to chew something. If you combine ground turkey or any meat that you have pre-cooked and one of these little rice bowls that i get from costco or a potato a potato takes five six minutes in the microwave you should never be more than 10 minutes away from a cooked meal um, that gives you protein and a healthy carb a potato's high volume so i feel like that's just a key to anytime i've ever gotten lean it's always 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 predicated on having at least a couple meals a day that I can just grab quickly that have adequate protein and a good carb, right? Um, Lately, the thing for me has been if I eat protein pancakes in the morning, because it's like a 100 grams, like, you know, I keep adding shit to it. I've been adding seeds and, you know, hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds. Those healthy polyunsaturated fats do help satiation and keep me full for a really long period of time so i don't hit the afternoon and i'm suddenly starving right so it helps you make better decisions but i'm getting 100 grams of protein and right off the bat you know and if you can do that consistently you just don't want to catch yourself because one thing to like be in a deficit and you're eating nothing sure but then you're more likely to waste that muscle so if you can just consistently get at least a couple meals in, right? It's like hitting that 80% mark that I always talk about. It's like, you don't, you know, you don't need to kill yourself every single day at the gym, but if you can commit to going like, I'm going to hit, you know, that 75, 80% intensity mark at least every day, that a couple days out of the week you're going to do really good. You know, if you hit that 80% of the diet mark and then a couple, you know, one day you fast or something like that, chances are you're probably going to be in a pretty good position over the course of a year, right? You're going to be better off than trying to yo-yo diet or do something extreme. and. And lose a lot of muscle and hate your life really because that's what it comes down to you don't want to feel like you're punishing yourself you don't want to feel like this is my diet and i hate everything i eat sustainability is the key like we talked about with mr Aquino body okay before we get on to the fun stuff i just want to talk about this this will be the last serious ass thing that i talk about um hella depressing we're gonna look at Caleb von moger so Last time we talked, you know, he survived this uh, horrific accident. I guess you could maybe call it something that's not an accident because he willfully jumped out of a window, right? But it was at the tail end of a lot of erratic behavior. This has been going on for quite a bit of time, spurred by injuries. So perhaps, you know, it's spurred on by mental health issues, depression from not being able to train or compete or do the things that he loves to do because of these injuries. And you replace that with uh, substance abuse and dependence and things spiral from there to a point where he did in fact check into rehab and things seem to be going in the right direction but then he checks himself out of rehab early after I think only a couple weeks. Now, what I wanted to comment on this uh, was regarding differing perspectives on what you can do as a family member or a friend. Nick Trigilli, um was somebody who came out and said, he, he runs a bodybuilding and BS. It's kind of like a, a body, it's like, Nick strength and power, bodybuilding and, and BS, but he is a bodybuilder, Nick strength and power. is not a bodybuilder, and that would be one critique, is like he doesn't really know anything about anabolics um, and some of the nuts and bolts that you might only get from actually like doing bodybuilding in an enhanced fashion so I like to go to Nick because he has great sources and knows what's going on in the fitness community from people who he's worked with and who trust him and he also has the perspective of somebody who's like won national competitions in bodybuilding and then gave it up because he was like you know I've been doing this since 15 he's been enhanced since he was 15 he he can give you a lot of perspective on that of what it's like for many of these bodybuilders who start super young and Um, you know, abuse steroids. And now he's taking TRT and HGH and has a more balanced approach to life. But I think his perspective is interesting. However, sometimes I think he talks out of his ass. In this particular instance, I think he's blaming, he's like, "Caleb, you don't have any friends or family who can like jump in and stop you from, you know, smoking meth. I don't think it's that easy. I don't think that, you know, if you're, good friends with a drug addict short of organizing an intervention and even in that case you know you would feel like you'd have to have hit a rock bottom and you can get somebody to rehab and that's still difficult but you know you can't necessarily intervene as an individual and i've seen that before in friends that i've had as an individual you're often just working to push that person away to other people who will enable them. So, I think the point of an intervention from my ignorant perspective is to cut off sort of the angles of retreat for that person so that they don't have, you know, somebody they can feel like they can go like to that person and turn away from you and, you know, they have to feel like this is the only option that i have available for me because all my normal sources of enabling aren't there. I don't think it's that easy just to provide you know, like shame to somebody just to say like, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to smack, I'm going to smack the crack pipe out of your hand. Right. It's not how it works. Um, and it is a little bit tricky when you have a celebrity type situation and maybe somebody's on payroll or whatever. It's like, yeah, you're not in a sort of status position to cut that person off from drugs or whatever. But that's, That's my perspective on it. I'm inviting you guys to comment down below on have you ever known anybody who's been on drugs and wanted to do something, tried to do something. I've been in that position before with friends, with family members where you see what's going on but you're helpless in a lot of ways to intervene. You can do what you can but ultimately the other person is always going to be able to run away because you can't physically restrain them. And then also babysit them 24 hours a day, or you can even get them to rehab and then it's not going to work because if they're not committed themselves to being sober, then what can you do? You know, keep bringing them back to rehab. I mean, you know, rehab is expensive. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in most cases. And who's paying for that? Does the person, uh, you know, do they want to get sober for themselves? Is that the most important thing or do you think the influence of friends and family can actually trump that let me know let me know what you think because i think it's a complicated issue it delves into the psychology that we like to talk about here um you know of like free will motivation substance abuse substance addiction um the notion of wanting to do something for yourself because that's an analogy that i use for Losing fat for gaining muscle, if you're doing it for somebody else or somebody's shaming you into do that, that's a very short-sighted approach, right? You can't just get buff to impress a girl. It's just not going to work. You're not going to ever have enough motivation over the long term, you know, to make a girl like you over the course of years um, because also you're going to develop self-esteem along the way, I think, if you, if you lift enough weights and realize this is a stupid goal to begin with. So... In all those situations that I'm outlining, like you feel fat and you want to lose weight and, you know, or maybe somebody made fun of you, like fat shaming works to a degree if that person already values being skinny, right? If they have been skinny in the past and you're like shaming them be like, hey, this isn't you, go back to you. Okay, maybe that'll work. But like if you've been fat your whole life or, you know, drug addiction is the only thing that you find solace in, then it's going to be hard just to like, you can't just walk up to a crack addict and be like, dude. You know, stupid. You look smoking crack. Like, get a hold of yourself. It's like that crack addict's not going to be like, "Damn, you're right. I do look really stupid smoking crack. Oh, this is bad for my health. I didn't realize it before." Wait, are you telling me that smoking crack is bad for your health? <coughs> I never realized, dude. We have so many. This is why we can't have nice. I've gyms never right now. seen
1: this many We've in never the rundown. Seen this this many, is bonkers. This is
0: why we can't have nice gyms. There are so many reasons why we can't have nice gyms. You're just an hour long. Did I? What the hell? (laughs) Did I just put my own YouTube? (laughs) Yeah, it was like (laughs) an hour long video. (laughs) Okay. Look, I might have slipped in my my own YouTube (laughs) (laughs) video.
1: Twice? What the fuck is
0: going on? (laughs) I have no idea. Obviously, I did all these drunk. Okay, here we have a guy, who's about to squat, or he, he just finished a squat with what looks to be about 500 pounds, and on the way up, he hits off the things that he would rack it in. Both at the same time. Like this is amazing just as far as like, what's the odds of that happening? You know, he hits it perfectly where it's like boom and then they both fall off. Now people are making this big deal out of it, like, like, oh my God, he's so fucked. It's like, drop it on the ground, dude. Yeah, just dump it. Drop it on the oh, ground. God. And did I talk about it last week where I where I talked about um like how this dude is talking to me and like I had to like rack uh, uh un- no i must have not this this <laughs> i just told the story to other people okay um i had to bail a squat like in 24-hour fitness not on the lifting platforms it's really embar- like i hate doing it you know but i just got distracted by something somebody talking to me and they'd already <laughs> they were while i was doing a warm-up set with 315 on like the third rep this guy was like, one more, let's go. And I'm like, I like I. It angered me so disproportionately. Casey's like, um, Mark, I'm noticing a theme here. Yeah, where you're getting really upset at the gym. Yeah, we're gonna talk
1: off air, <laughs> man. Yeah.
0: I. Uh, oh my god, they're all. Oh, it's an intervention. Oh yeah. my god, come on in, guys. Oh, uh, t- Brendan, Tall George, <laughs> Mike. You guys are all here to talk to me about my anger issues. Um, But no, it is, it's loud and annoying, but like sometimes you have to do it. So you don't, you know, if if it squats on your back and you can't rack it, you don't just like fold under it. You let it go and then say, deal with it. Okay. This is a montage of this guy trying 300 pounds. And my thing is like, why are you trying this so many times and failing? One thing uh, my buddy Griffin said about Michael Hearn that I thought was interesting. He's like, I've never seen him miss a lift because when you get really good at lifting, you know exactly how much you can do, and you see that it's, it's a total waste of time and energy to put something on the bar just for the arbitrary sake of saying, I can bench press 300 pounds, and believe me, I've been there, because it was a very important milestone for me to bench 300 pounds when I was 12 years old. Now, this guy is obviously a fully grown adult, and...
1: But he got I, I mean, it.
0: He did get it in the end, so good for him. But I'm just going to caution everybody against this type of shit where it's like you're just concerned about the number and I just don't think it's productive. I remember I I used to have a friend uh, who every time we went in he'd always want to like max out. I'm like you're probably the same amount of strong as you were last time though because you haven't done anything and you're also trying to lose weight and like. You know, you people get fixated and fascinated with the idea of maxing out. I get it. It's just It's been so long, you know. Like I did do that when I was like 16 or 17. And then you just see that it's just a very inefficient way to go up at the gym. It's not going to – maxing out in and of itself doesn't cause hypertrophy. So you're probably better off using that time that you were going to use to max out on actually doing some sets, right? And nobody's ever going to ask you how much you – bench at a job interview unless the job interview is to be a professional powerlifter which is not something that exists because powerlifters make no money guys I'm sorry this is pretty amazing and I'm impressed that this guy put this on the internet um, Blake Mattingly is his name now this is like 700 pounds okay the dude's strong as shit it's one of these deadlifts that gets almost up to that final point so crazy how people fit it's like you can get that off the ground but then i guess you use so much energy um, and muscular tension to get it up to past you know your kneecaps that when you try to lock out you end up going into a coma Humboy and the jorts is like i'm going to
1: take this opportunity and bang him <laughs> what's going on
0: there the dude is like yeah man i don't know i think i'll <laughs> just put his legs over my shoulder and insert my penis i read it online <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like a you know a jellyfish thing. You pee on your buddy. And yeah, he yeah falls no. Falls off yeah.
0: deadlift. You bang him. When a guy fails a deadlift <laughs> and starts twitching and goes into cardiac arrest, you put your penis in his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now somebody sent me that. Vi- I don't like. Mm, yeah, this might just be on like a regular dude's page. Uh, no, could be. I- I'm trying to think. Can you go to this guy's page? Sure. And see how many followers he has. You can do whatever you want, buddy. So okay. So it was because this guy I think. Follows me or something, and he put that, and he's, it's like, has like, let's go back to the view count because this is making the rounds. Yeah, it's like, what? I mean, I saw 59,000 likes. Yeah, 60K likes. likes. Jesus. And he's got like 10 posts. And again, I just love these videos like this because I love people in the gym, like, just to lack any sort of self awareness. Like, this girl's humping this little, I don't know if it's a yoga mat or one of these things that you stretch out on, but. You know, I've never seen anybody do it like that and it just looks like she's riding cock. Let's be honest. I squat three plates. Why? (laughs) It's just, oh, it's three plates all on one side. Technically, he's right. He does squat three plates. And at first I thought it was going to be a Smith Machine joke, but now I see why he's doing it because he couldn't balance it if it was just an actual barbell. I think that's a great little sketch there. And it plays on how we use words like that and how even like on the Smith machine, I'm tempted to be, you know, I posted a video of myself repping, I would have said 275, but it's like, well, it's not a Smith machine though. So you got to add that weight and say, "Mm, what does the bar actually weigh? But most people will say like, oh, I was doing 225 in the Smith machine. And they're talking about having two plates on there, even though it's not 225. And let's be honest, some of the plates at Zoo Culture do not weigh 45 pounds. So if you're at Zoo Culture saying you deadlifted or benched a certain amount of weight, You might want to get a scale out. Don't lift weights on a trampoline, they said. Oh, he did it. And then boom. The weights fly off and hit him in the shin or the foot or whatever. And it's just, again, one of those things where, hey, you asked for it, (laughs) bro. And that hurts, dude. Getting a 45-pound plate in the shin or whatever plate, 10-pound plate. Doesn't matter. Casey knows what I'm talking about. He rollerblades for a living. What? How many times have you hit your shin? Oh, my shins are like... Once or twice? they are like Muay Thai fighters now. Yeah, seriously, right? Yeah. Probably just just resilient AF. Okay, this girl is squatting now. I like this whole setup that it's like she, she's squatting in like the garage the mirrors there. Half of her foot is onto this <laughs> yoga mat, right? And she just slips out right from underneath her. And I go like, now, why is half your foot on there? You know, like that's just things that I'd like. I would never do that. Like, it's like, would you stand on a platform with one foot and one not? You know, like... One butt cheeks on the bench as you're doing shoulder press or something. It's just a weird thing to begin with. So that's, why, that's how I justify putting these gruesome injuries on my podcast is because I go, well, I would have made a different decision. You know what I mean? Calorie counting mother effers after forgetting to add .003 milliliters of toothpaste they accidentally swallowed while brushing their teeth. Hop up <laughs> from bed. <laughs> these calorie counting effers. That is true, though. It is something where you don't want to be obsessed with it. And maybe Tristan Lee would be another thing we could get into next episode. But he has sort of publicly been dealing with his body dysmorphia and his obsession with getting his steps in, with counting his calories and getting to 4% for God knows what reason other than being a fitness influencer. He's not a competitive bodybuilder. So why you would put that yourself through that kind of torture to get to not, you know, just like ripped, but 4% body fat. He has no body fat. For what purpose? I don't know. Because getting there requires you to be obsessed around the clock. And obviously that's some people's temperament and personality. And he's moving away from that to like bulk, quote unquote. And he probably still has like, you know, he looks the same. Six, seven percent body fat. And that's like him being fat in the off season, I guess. But it is a funny parody of that archetype. But I do think that's. It's an interesting little case study and I think bodybuilding does tend to draw those kind of people with like body dysmorphia and obsessive personalities um, you know, that that end up kind of taking, in all our heads, it's like, oh, that person looks really healthy. But in reality, it's not a very healthy way to live because it's psychologically torturous to constantly be thinking about calories all day. So just be fat. POV, the five pound container of protein powder you just bought, ends up tasting bad. Oh, no greater sadness, disappointment, frustration in the world. So what are you gonna do with that protein powder? And <laughs> I throw it through the window. It is, I mean, that has happened to me before. It's just like, you know, it's just like this, oh, why did I get the cinnamon toast crunch flavor? This tastes like crap. But usually it's with vanilla. I remember buying vanilla stuff. I don't know if you ever bought vanilla stuff in the 90s, but like vanilla flavor has come so far since the 90s. It used to take like uh, vanilla protein powder in the 90s tasted like somebody had a vanilla ice cream cone and threw it up and then put it in a jar and tried for them. There, I said it, okay? You know what I'm talking about. But now, oh, vanilla. Some of the best flavors out there. When the Planet Fitness employees tried to stop me from deadlifting, what happens, dude? I dare you. douche fool. Oh, douche. Who wants some, dude? Who wants to stop me next? douche.
1: Are you allowed to do that
0: to the referee? <laughs> he's, is that a shamrock? Yeah. The Ken Shamrock? Dude, he's so juiced out. It's amazing. I say that like I'm not juiced out, like somebody looking at me, oh, <laughs> juiced and I was just really, I was admiring his physique because his lats are flared and he looks pumped. This is another example of like, hey, learn how to squat. I even saw a dude at the 24 Fitness today who's like, he's in his 50s and he works there. <laughs> and like he was squatting with three plates, and it's like, you're just you're still squatting high as giraffe balls. I don't know how you're gonna be that old and be that into fitness and work at a gym and be there every day and like not know how to squat all the way down because at some point you just need to figure it out. Good as people like this. It's like if you think you can load up a bar. With that much weight, like really the danger is of a, whether it's a free weight or a Smith machine squat, if you can't handle that weight all the way down, then you're going to pass a certain point by accident and end up breaking your neck like that, right? This guy gets folded in half and it's hilarious because he does have the mobility to handle that kind of um, collapse, but it's like. Obviously, you didn't squat down to full depth or anywhere close to that with a lesser weight before doing that. So again, I'm justifying gruesome injuries here based on the fact that I would make different decisions. Do we have any more? Is that it? No,
1: dude. That was like a thousand. That was like- aside from your two carefully placed references know, yeah, yeah. Well, to well, a podcast. Okay, here's what I'm doing. I'm going,
0: oh, oops! Another advertisement for my Oak and Stone podcast. <laughs> so crazy that that would happen in the middle of all this. <laughs> So my message to you, to everybody out there, is if if you're in a bad mood, I want you to go to the 24-hour fitness, go to your local gym, hit a weight workout, hit a sauna, get on the Stairmaster, and then you're still probably going to be in a bad mood and be a prick to people afterwards, okay? It may not change anything, but then you'll have a fun story to talk about the next day and provide comedic relief to other people and just normalize being in kind of a bad mood. And not being nice to everyone all the time, even if they're coming up to you and saying things like, oh my God, you're so handsome. Are you an actor? You could be like, fuck you, dude. I don't have time for this convo right now. All I have time for is to sit in the sauna and get buff. I'm a selfish, narcissistic bodybuilder. Get over it. Um, Guys, I just want to encourage you. If you see me in a gym, okay? Don't ask me, have you ever thought about acting? Ask me, how are you such a good actor? There we go.